Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Welcome to a new episode of Is a Groom's Life, and I'm so excited. So I have Jess with me, Jess May, who is also known as, or what you've probably known her as on Instagram, Life on the Buckle. Hi, Jess. How are you doing? Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm doing really, really well. How are you? Yes. Good. Thank you. I'm so excited that you're on. And when I messaged you, I wasn't quite sure if you would. Did you be like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, sweet. (laughs) To be fair, I've never done anything like this. So I was a bit, oh God, how is it going to pan out? But I'm here for it. So we'll give it a go. Good. So if people who don't know you, which I think will be very minimum, but if the people that don't know you, would you mind giving us like an introduction about you? What is life on the buckle on your Instagram? What are you up to? And yeah, give us all the deets. Okay. Oh, how do I summarise it? So... I'm 32 as of yesterday. God, um, I'm married to Keithy, and we've got a son called Terry. So I'm a new mum. Um, he's now he, he turned a year uh, on Christmas Eve. Um, I've got two horses. So I have a new horse called Jimmy. He's five years old, and um, I'm just kind of learning the ropes there. And I've got Siddy. So when I first set up, started life on the buckle this journey, um, Sid was the main man, the OG. Um, and I've kind of tracked our progression through arthritis and his sad retirement, unfortunately. Well, semi-retirement. And now Life in the Buckle is very much um, sort of the journey with Jimmy, really, and how I'm finding coming back from having a baby, balancing my job that I've got at the moment, and um mum life really and bringing on a youngster whilst being incredibly nervous and winging it by the seat of my pants really pretty much is what life buckle is and that's it's journey on instagram i have actually moved on to youtube recently and i'm just documenting the highs the lows anything in between and just loving it really and the reason I love your um, account, which I'm sure many followers do, is that you are you are literally what it is on the tin. Like what you see is what you get with you. Like you don't pretend. You put all the um, lows as well as the highs on there. You keep it keep it real, as you like to say. Keep it as it is. And I think that's what like people love about you. And so we, we you said that like, you started the journey when you had when you got Sid so how long ago was that so when did or when did you notice that your um following was sort of increasing on life on the buckle so life on the buckle was originally my own like out myself 10 years ago don't ever scroll back because there are some serious tragic photos of me with sperm eyebrows so it is <laughs> fun to go looking on um and then I kind of moved into life on the buckle probably three years ago um I had Sid um going on five years um so that's where I kind of picked up life on the buckle and we were sort of doing bits there and 
I remember my first brand coming to me, which was two years ago, and I was at 2,000 followers. And the reason I remember that so um, like so clear on my mind is because I thought, well, a brand's approached me and I've only got 2,000 followers. Like, what, what the fuck, really? Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, so that's the 2,000 for me was a huge, huge um, mark. And I celebrated it. And the reason I remember it so well is I celebrated by doing a giveaway, but it was all gifts that I'd bought myself. So it wasn't like I went out to brands and said, look, I'm going to do this giveaway. I made a box of my favourite stuff. So it was like teeth whitening. Um, it was like purple shampoo, chocolate, alcohol, just everything that kind of it was basically my life in a box. And I was giving it away. And I remember putting it out there thinking, either people are going to think this is cringy as hell or they're going to be like yeah Jess um well done so I put it out there and it went down really really well so I was thank god for that because that could have been the end of life in the buckle um <laughs> and yeah so that was it so the 2000 to me was like huge and then when I hit 5000 I was like bloody hell and then you always kind of had this huge goal in your head when you set up Instagram that you might ever you might be that lucky one that reaches 10,000 because you then get the swipe up that's it to me I was like oh 10,000 10,000 10,000 I remember getting and I was like oh my god I've got 10,000 people and I was like googling like what does it how many people is 10,000 people like does it fill up like a huge space like it just it blew my mind really um and I'm sitting at 14 at the moment and I just can't believe that 14,000 people want to follow this journey and it's just mad to me really that's it and I think I see this is the thing isn't it because I think like you're right as soon as someone sort of sets up an an Instagram or wants to create content that they think other people want to watch or listen or um be a part of um but also you've got to think about like you say 14,000 people is a lot of people and in real life if you had 14,000 people in front of you that is quite overwhelming I can imagine yeah, definitely. The, the the challenge you've got is the more people that follow, the more opinions. So you're not always going to have people rooting for you. And that's been the biggest learn for me over the, the last year is the fact that out of the 14,000, you'll have your supporters, but you'll also have, oh, I don't want to call them haters because, you know, there are, there are, there is an element of, you know, people that do want to troll you, but there is always going to be the people that, aren't as supportive as you you would have liked and I think that's been a big learn for me is kind of letting those hateful comments sort of wash over and actually don't take advice um from people that you know don't take an opinion that you go for advice or whatever that's saying yeah 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 so I've kind of had to adjust to that so although it's seems amazing and you know if you look at it you're like oh 40,000 followers you've got this brand deal it's amazing there's a real dark side to it as well and I feel like sometimes that's washed over like being an influencer is such is sometimes glamorized and it's portrayed as this really great thing and actually it is and there's so many highs to it but there's also this other side that can play in your anxiety someone like me who has got anxiety um that has been a real learning curve over the last years. How do I manage everything without it getting on top of me and me picking myself apart for the hate yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And like people always say, like who's in you know an influence like you, who I've listened to like on various podcasts or interviews, 
and they'll say like say if you had a hundred comments and you had two negative you will always like focus on those two negative instead of like the 98 positive ones because obviously everyone, we're human beings and I think our natural instincts was we want everyone to like us and we don't understand when people do <laughs> but um and I don't understand why people don't like you you're just you're just how it is <laughs> it's hard I think some people think it's a, it's a bravado that I'm not really like who I am and this is where I find challenging because I'd be a bloody good actress if I'd been like this for the last four, four, four or five years. You know, this this is me through and through. And funny enough, I was in a restaurant with Hannah last night and we were scrolling through, you know, Facebook memories come up with, you know, what you've been doing the last 10 years. 10 years ago was a picture of me sitting there gagging on a banana and me laughing. And I'm like, see, this is who I have been for the last 10 years, Hans. There's There's nothing false about it I am I am who I am and I don't know I think a lot of people relate to it because not that I think everyone is as smutty as me or like you know it's <laughs> <laughs> a humor but I just think it's important to be down to earth and relatable and I I whenever I put content out I always think what would I want to see and what would I relate to and that's how I always try and make my content um see because we always go through different um journeys with our horses you know sometimes you can be uber confident and sometimes you can be shitting your knickers you know there'll be different points in our lives when we feel like that and you know sometimes I'm going to be yeah I'm a boss B I'm doing this and then other days I'm going to be like do you know what I'm really really nervous and I think it's important to show that because we all do that you know and that's why I, f- I find people find it relatable because it's not a linear de- journey where, you know, I'm, yeah, nailing it, nailing it, nailing it. Because it really, who actually has that? Because I, I don't know many people that have a life where it's just all highs. And that's why I think it's important just to show that there are loads of stuff as well. Absolutely. And like you said at the beginning, it's not like you're just um, living your best life and just playing with horses all day. You're working, you're a mum, you're a wife, you're, you know, You've got lots of other um, plates that you're trying to catch up with all the time as well, aren't you? So it's not like you're just, you know, oh, yeah, I'll just play with my pony for an hour and that's all I do all day. It's like, no, life as well. Oh, the dream to not have, you know, and to be having that monthly money coming in and for me just to potter around with the horses, you know, and have my son and everything be amazing. But unfortunately, I, I, I'm not in that world. and it's tricky because I don't really talk about my job as such and I don't really I can't really show the ins and outs of it sometimes the perception can be that I literally just play with horses and there isn't this other side when actually mm. you know most nights I do what after I finish bedtime with tail and everything like that I do work till like nine at night and that's why a lot of people get responsive to uh, my messages at 3am in the morning and Keith always says to me the only time I tend to really reply to my messages is at 3am I'm sitting there thinking about them all and then it disrupts my sleep so then I start pinging so often you will get a response at 3am from me and that's just how I feel it really yeah and you mentioned Hannah earlier and obviously Hannah is a big feature on your Instagram account she's your little sidekick um and she's um her Instagram handle is Sit up and kick on, isn't it? Sit back and 
sit back and kick on sorry so talk us about your journey with Hannah like how did you meet because obviously you've gone this journey through gym together and obviously with Sid so talk us through how did this relationship start oh my god I think people either think we're best friends I think we're related because that's the biggest question we get is are we sisters so I met Hannah I want to say it's probably six years ago and we were on the same DIY livery yard together she had a horse and I had a horse and um like we were like seeing each other on the yard and stuff like that but I think what happened is that we had a common instructor and we ended up having a lesson together and we started talking and we kind of struck up a friendship now there is an age gap between me and Hannah so Hannah's turning 26 in February and I've turned um, 32. But it doesn't feel like there's any age gap between us. Um, mm. And through the past six years, Hannah and I have always had like loan horses. Um, we were never fortunate enough to be able to, 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 to buy a horse as such. And we've had rotten luck when I begin to tell, I can't even tell you some of the stories that me and Hannah have have been through when it comes to owning horses it's just been awful and we kind of got into this pattern where we never had two horses running at the same time so I either Hannah had a horse and then something went wrong with that and then I would have a horse and something went wrong with that so we we kind of always had one horse between the two of us um then I think it's probably see I'm shocking with time but I think it's probably about two years ago Hannah bought her first horse and I've had um and I at the same well probably you prize that I had Sid Hannah had a horse called Trev um some people might Trev um and she'd only had him a matter of months before there was various issues that came up and Hannah battled tirelessly with trying to get them right I can't begin to even try and justify the time the love and everything she tried to do help Trev um, and unfortunately it was over like a year and a half and um, it came to the decision where I think he, he had like the list is endless of all the medical issues um, she had even gone down the point of like clicker training him she, like riding him without a saddle like honestly that girl is so dedicated but it came to the decision that he just generally wasn't happy in life and he was he was riddled with pain so she made the, one of the toughest decisions and she decides to have him um put to sleep bless him and um which left her without a horse and we still had Sid at the time and then I fell pregnant well I was pregnant while this was going on so Hannah then kind of started riding Sid more and more and more and Sid brought back that love for her um, and she started competing. She went out and did a couple of unaffiliated 90s on him and they were living the, their best life. And I then had Tell and I come back and there was just a couple of niggling things with Sid that wasn't, and the whole time we've been treating him for arthritis, but things kept popping up and I guess the, you know, the alarm bells were ringing. So we started going back to the diagnosis room. He was five tenths by the same. So we came to that actually he was best to be retired because we couldn't keep him sound and he just wasn't really happy and sit that's not like it um so then <laughs> me and Harold were, were left without any horses to ride and obviously I was coming back from having tail and we were like what are we going to do mm-hmm. hence why um I made the decision to um buy another horse um and that's why we've got Jimmy so we've kind of just 
muddled together the two of us through this whole journey and it works I know we always get questions about how how it works between the two of us who owns what who pays for what blah 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 what people all people need to know is that we co-parent you know we're mum and this it doesn't matter who pays for what who physically owns what Hannah treats both horses like they're her own and that's how I want it you know they don't see us any different between the two of us they don't care who's bankrolling what or who physically owns what they get love and attention from the both of us so whenever anyone says oh Hannah's your share I'm like no 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 hun Hannah's co-parent we're co-parent so the two of us just have the two horses and it works so well she's just incredible with the support she gives me and that's basically a summary of our relationship (laughs) <laughs> and what a great relationship as well and you and you do show like the love and the support via your Instagram which I absolutely love and I'm sure she does the same for you as well um so I wanted to ask you um because obviously when you were looking for Jim obviously you were taking us through your journey of buying the second horse and also you had a couple that you uh were interested and then they fell through um so do you find I mean obviously it's upsetting at the time but do you think that everything happened for a reason and because you were meant to have gym yeah it's so hard you want to be excited when you're looking for a new horse but you can't because it's just such a tough market and we were unlucky that when we obviously wanted to start looking for a horse covid boom happened and prices went through through the roof and everyone there was just a massive like shortage of horses so people were just basically selling horses for that were massively overinflated and that often had medical issues Mm. but but people were so desperate to sell and people were so desperate to buy because people were at home more it was it was just a really really tough time and um in total we had seven failed vettings which you know and I think it probably took us seven seven months to, to find Jim and Jim was a kind of a last ditch attempt if if I'm going to be honest um with it all we were so disheartened with it that we just didn't know what we were going to do and I can't believe we found him so incredibly lucky and he's everything that I said we shouldn't get like five years old um but he just he just fits perfectly with us so I I do believe everything happens for a reason um although I wouldn't have liked to have lost all that money no (laughs) I was thinking oh god I must have pissed the big man up there (laughs) he's hemorrhaging my bank account right now (laughs) I do I do think everything happens for a reason and I'm so I'm so grateful because we got um Jim from old rock equestrian and um the lady that sold him to us um was so helpful our viewing was tragic honestly we the first thing we went to and I've shared it on my Instagram yeah. um, I couldn't canter Jim like I couldn't canter him it it was a hot mess so after I got back off I was like well how can I buy a horse that I can't even canter and I remember a conversation with Charlie who I bought um Jim from and she was like look you've got a really good dynamic between you and Hannah. You've got Hannah who can bring on his education and you've also, you've got you that will learn with him. She was like, you know, it wouldn't have been right if it was just by yourself because, you know, you are nervous and it's important to recognise that, but you've also got Hannah that, you know, can really help you. And it won't take you long before you get back up on your feet. Mm. 
and um, we ummed and ahed and ummed and ahed. And I was like, is this the right decision? Because we've had so many bad experiences. Yeah. When we go to this viewing and we're going to try this horse, he better not even fart because we've had just such a bad <laughs> And actually, the reality of it, we went, we went and it was tragic. But we've got him and he's amazing. And when we actually bought Sid, the, the woman that showed us Sid actually fell off in the viewing. Yet we still bought Sid and he's been the best thing since sliced bread. So I kind of take viewings with a pinch of salt now. So, yeah, that's how we've ended up with Jim. Yeah. And you mentioned there um, about you being nervous and stuff. Is that um, since you've had Tell or have you all, was you a nervous rider before you got pregnant? I, I, I have been a previously, but it was before I was pregnant. So before I had Sid, Sid was actually a trade for a horse I used to have called Drummer. Now, Drummer was another youngster. He was six years old, and I only had him for a short space time, maybe three months. I bought him from a and he went through an episode of bronking me. Now, I'm not talking like little skips. I'm talking he would bronk me so hard, the stirrup leathers used to come off the stirrup bars. So mm-hmm. I went through a period of, of like getting on would bronk me and knock me clean out so I was confident up to that point and then it was smashed it was smashed into pieces Mm -hmm. um so the dealer agreed to swap drummer for Sid so I didn't actually have a choice with getting Sid it was either psycho or pick up um Sid and I want to add some context to this because people will be like well you should have checked Drama, I did send drama to the vets. I had x-rays, I had everything like that. He had a clean bill of health. It was just, I don't know, the vet said to me, he thought it might have been some sort of chemical imbalance. But um, we ended up having um, Sid and I didn't like Sid for six months because I was so terrified. People used to have to hold either side of my reins and walk with me around the school while I was getting on Sid because I was terrified with mountain. Mm. Um, over the six months, Sid just built my confidence he wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination like Sid would never hack out on his own he would scream there was loads of barriers that we had to overcome but we just did it like small little bite-sized chunks um and then I felt really confident confident enough that I went around and started team chasing and hunting and being and doing all this amazing stuff and then Sid went downhill a bit and started bronking me which we then later discovered, you know, he's got quite bad arthritis and cataracts in the eye, which would explain. So that bronching that Sid was doing brought back all those horrific memories that I had with Drummer. Yeah. And his Sid's bronching episodes happened the first time I'd got back on since having a baby. Do I was beside myself. I just thought, what has happened? Yeah. And then obviously we made the decision to retire and then we were going to start looking for a new horse. So I was like, hang on, my confidence is on the floor. I've now got to go and find a new horse and I've come back from me. How am I going to do this? And that's kind of where I've been for the last six months is, you know, I can't rebuild my confidence because I don't really have anything to ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find a new horse. And I was obviously going to these viewings and they weren't going right. And it was just chipping away at my confidence even more. So I think confidence is like a peaks and trough kind of thing. And, you know, I was going up and down. And at the moment, 
I'm at this place where I am still nervous, but I'm just pushing through it because I know I did it with Sid. I can do it with Jim. And that's what I keep thinking in my head. Just keep just keep going little and often. Yeah. I, I'm very similar to like in that sort of scenario with you. I, like I don't have my own horse. So I can only sort of ride sort of um, sporadically. Like um, I teach on a riding school. So I use one of the riding school horses. And as everyone probably knows, riding school horses are their own breed, aren't they? And they're very, you know, set in their ways and stuff. So there's only so much you can do. And because I'm not riding consistently enough, because um, I had a riding accident about three years ago and I fell off and like smashed my face in and stuff. Um, and But I was so determined to get back on. So like similar to you, I was like very determined to get back on. But my body almost like goes into brace mode because it kind of, goes oh it might happen again it might happen again and it hasn't and the riding school horses wouldn't do that and I know that because I know them very very well but my body's like just remember what happened last night it's almost like in the back of my subconscious going be careful be careful (laughs) well I just want to go come on I want to get on with it so it is a battle that I've got myself and um I do get really tense and then I get frustrated myself because I'm like you can do this you can do this and then, um, so yeah, it's been a, a long process for me as well. But hopefully when I get the opportunity to buy my own horse, then it'll be different. But because I'm just so inconsistent at the minute, it's really hard to plough through. Really hard. It, and, and with nerves, unknown, especially now I've got a new horse, I don't know him. I don't know what how he's going to react to this. And this whole me going out and doing competitions is so worrying for me because I don't know how he's going to react to the warm-up. I've never put him in those situations and I haven't physically seen it. So it's all, everything's new. Mm. And I think being nervous worse because you don't know how it's going to play out. Where if you've been on a horse that you've ridden for a long time and you kind of know everything about them and you're nervous, you can kind of predict what would happen. But when you've got a new horse, particularly a youngster, you have no clue what they're going to do. Yeah. So I made my nerves worse because it's just so, it's just the yeah, that's it. But once you sort of build your relationship and that bond a bit more, and you um taking him to more opportunities and you get to know him, then it's going to be easy peasy from then on and you'll be smashing it. Smashing <laughs> it in no time. <laughs> of course you will. And um, you, earlier you talked about like brands, like when you first started and stuff. So obviously um, if you follow Jess on Instagram, you'll know that she's an ambassador for Country and Sable. Are there other brands that you're still working with at the minute or is that sort of the, the one that you're working with the most? Um, so country and stable um i'm supported by naf um, and i'm supported by kent and masters so those are my kind of three main monthly well i'm brand brand ambassador supported rider whatever term you want to call and then i sort of do ad hoc content creation for other companies and brands really and is that where they've just approached you or has it been like a relationship you had before um and you've just continued to with that the country and state bought from I bought from them when they had their store their old store um so on and off I've used them for years and they um asked me if I wanted to do my first product review on a hunt shirt which I still use today I absolutely love it 
Um, and I said, yeah, so we did that. And then that's kind of how that relationship formed. And again, I was very fortunate with NAF and Kenton Masters that they um, approached me. Uh, yeah, so I, ha- I, ha- I have been quite fortunate in that I haven't had to like put a pitch together and, you know, approach brands. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's the wrong thing to do because that's, you know, sometimes you've got to ask for these things, otherwise it's never going to happen. Um, so I have I have been fortunate with with, with that. And the, the other ones that kind of do ad hoc content creation have also, um, have also asked me as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite lucky that in that respect. Um, could you give us some tips so if there's people who are listening to this and obviously who follow you and would like to be like a brand ambassador or um or an influence or contact a content creator for like a brand and stuff could you give us tips about like building that relationship and the pros uh, the do's and don'ts about working with brands yeah um for me one of the things is for you to stand out and that is to film really clear content. That is the only way you're really going to be able to get a brand's attention is by making sure that you have got crisp, clear, visually pleasing content. Um, so my number one tip is if you're filming um, and you're filming onto your stories, you're filming into reels, always film on your camera, not directly into the app because the app um, sort of, it, it just ruins it kills the quality of it so um if you want to create i'll get asked all the time how are your stories so crisp and how are you doing that and it's because i'm just filming it directly in from my camera and then i upload it after so make sure your content is is really is really good and then have a look at who you who aligns with you who do you want to be um you know representing and then you know strike up a relationship with them you know comment on their stuff engage in their stuff just follow what they're doing and then how I've started with you know some like NAF for example I've always bought NAF products so they've obviously seen that I've used NAF and it's just been a sort of an organic way of beginning it Mm. but um, you've got to stay loyal to a brand you can't just be like oh this week I like mane and tail silky from this brand but next week I like it from this and I think what sometimes influencers fall into a trap of is this is the best thing ever. And then next week, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. And actually you then become unauthentic, don't you? Because you, people are like, well, what is, what is the best thing ever? Because Han, you've told me 10 things are the best thing ever. Um, so I guess that's probably, you need to be loyal. You need to find out which brands you want to represent and how they align with you. And then, kind of you know you, you can you can either wait for them to approach you or you can grab the ball by the horns and you can um I would always try not to slide into a brand's dm I've been fortunate enough to look after a couple of brands instagram um accounts like while I'm doing a takeover and I have seen the generic dm slide in and it's not even addressed you know to them personally and you can tell it's a copy and paste jobby mm. so I know having brands what they would like is if you are going to pitch them that you pitch them with with ideas don't just slide in and say hi hun can you give me this product um i've got this much exposure and it will help you because they're not they're not that stuff what you need to go in and be like hi whoever the company is i really like the products blah blah blah. i bought this for this many years i would love to do some content creation what i'm proposing is to do this reel on this and just like a structured response and then Mm. send 
send it in to them but if you can email it to them i find it always more professional but if not slide into their, their dms but make sure it's addressed to it and hopefully you'll, you'll get a response but you know sometimes you will get a no and sometimes you'll get i don't know when we haven't got any uh budget for this month but next month we'll consider you but always respond to that email regardless whether it's not the outcome you want it to be just thank for reading because that's just going to sit in their head so if they do have any other up-and-coming projects they can go well do you know what actually Jess from Life on the Buckle contacted me she was really nice I'm going to contact her for this and I think people forget manners and that's the problem they get a no and then they're like oh screw you on to the next brand and next week they're trying something else when actually these types of relationships are cultivated over you know a number of months and not done it in an instance and I think it's a lot of it is just time and patience really yeah definitely and I think um I think you're totally right there you know quite often I've had people that have just messaged me and they'll go sponsor me question mark or things like that and you're just like no (laughs) not that I've got anything to sponsor or anything to do but even so you still like you say you get those ones that are sort of like almost mass sense um messages and you're just like it's not like no time or effort's been put into that and I get them and I'm not like I'm I don't I'm not a big brand or anything like that so I can't imagine what the brands get they must get loads of those I think they get but that I always is don't let brands take the piss out of you either because the problem we've got with this because it seems like a question influences is quite a new and upcoming thing we're behind like other influences in other industries and influencing is a cheap form of marketing let's face mm. it around yeah. it so sometimes what happens is people end up selling their soul for selling <laughs> for a soul for for another and actually we need to put it into check what uh, the time and effort that gets put into a reel so let's just take one of my reels for example like a complex one could probably take me like six seven hours to film and and that's like getting ready thinking of an idea finding the music filming a million and one transitions I would love to show um, people my you know bloop moments of all the ones we've got um so it can take like six hours so if you looked at your day job what get paid for your day job per hour and that's that's how I look at it because you know you we are doing it for fun but it does take a lot of time there's a lot of so if someone says to you look can you create a reel and in in, in return I'm going to give you a mane and tail conditioner so that mane and tail conditioner might retail at 14 quid but it's probably cost let's say the brand itself like seven pound so for seven pound they're giving you that and nothing else and you're going to do seven hours work to make a reel yeah for seven pound product and I think that's where the stumbling block is and that's where brands sometimes can take the mick a little bit yeah and we need to kind of like knock that on the head that's what I feel like and um but we all start somewhere and to build your brand you know there's nothing wrong with doing a few of these and then getting them to and actually be like look I've created this for you it's gone down really well what can I do next and how can we improve the package that you're offering? Yeah. Um, but that's just the head on, you know, with my job and stuff like that. I always think about, about it like that way because time is precious and you've got to make sure it's beneficial for both parties. Absolutely. And um, talking about your reels, I wanted to ask you, like, how do you get like 
like creative and imaginative with your reels like because they're so like different to what like what other people do and sometimes I sit there and I'm trying to think of a reel and I just don't get any inspiration or any like motivation or anything and then there's you just whacking them all out looking fab and looking especially the one the one that I remember the most is the one that I think you're either in your living room or somewhere and you were just walking across but as you're walking across it's like a different outfit change as you're walking across I mean that must have taken you a long time to do and I think wow that's so good you know a lot of comes from TikTok trends um so that was a TikTok trend I know the one you're talking about I'm in um different half hole outfits and I'm walking across and they they change but it's literally came from someone often like my inspiration comes from watching something that's not a question but it's like a normal clothing brand and they're walking across with a load of jumpers on I thought that's clever so what happens I see it and I go to Hannah I like that I'm going to recreate it and I sit there and she's like how are you going to recreate and I play for hours on apps and I've shared it on my stories before where I've seen something and I'm like I need to know how they make that so I sit there on my various different editing apps and I will trial everything until until I work out how to do it so it's like through layering and cutting out green screens whatever and then once I've cracked it I'm like yes and then the next day usually what happens is as I film that reel because I have to play around with it and yeah so a lot of it comes from inspirations from other content creators not not typically in the equestrian industry they're more enough you know other influences but it comes from there and then I kind of add my own twist on it make it horsey or make it you know and, and that's how it all happens really it's amazing absolutely amazing and um oh god I was just gonna ask you something and now it's just gone out of my head how rude oh it's literally <laughs> just as you said that I thought oh my god I lost that um what I did want to say which wasn't what I was about to say is I'm loving at the minute that you're bringing back N-dubs to the mainstream thank <laughs> you very much because I was a huge N-dubs fan and everyone used to like slate me for it and I was like, they're really good. <laughs> I love big Chabba. I just, I don't know. I'm known to hear my car coming. I'm known for like the 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 banging music. But when I say bang, I'm talking like end up that old school like R and B hip hop vibe. I am all for. In my stable, I've got my Spotify, but I'm too much of a cheap ass. I don't pay for premium. But once. <laughs> Between the adverts, you can hear it, it pumping. But yeah, I don't know. I just love that kind of that sort of music. Yeah, I'm well into it. So bring back in dubs. I'm, I'm there. Yeah. yeah, we need to start a campaign to bring them back. Although I'm not sure if any of them are, you know, in or out of prison. <laughs> they announced yesterday. Oh, did they? Actually, yesterday they're coming back. Yeah. So oh. I, I I saw it and then I must have had about 10 DMs from people saying, Jess, have you seen this? Have you seen this? I was like, yes. And oh. um, yeah, no, 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 they're coming back. They're rejoining back. All three of them as well. So oh, good. Well, I hope yeah. they'll be just as good as when they come back. You know, when sometimes bands get back together, it's not quite how it was or sometimes it's better. So I'm hoping they'll be better. I just to go over their old tracks they don't even need to give me new content I'm I'm here for the old school stuff <laughs> yeah absolutely so what is the future for life on the buckle like do you do you have like goals for your like Instagram account for obviously I know you have like life goals and stuff but what what is it what's the what's the future for you I don't know it, it honestly it does it does change um I think last month I kind of wanting to go in a new direction with life on the buckle um 
I was picking up various brands and I felt that it kind of lost its way a little bit. If I'm honest, I'll be like completely honest with you. I felt like it was becoming more of an advertisement board than actually me. So last month I decided to kind of pull it back to its roots as such. I made the decision to step back from a lot of the brand work that I was doing and just stick with my ones from the very beginning my old school brands you know like NAF and Country and Stable and so that kind of gave me a bit of a change of direction and then I thought well what do I do to fill the space the content void there and I thought you know what I'm just going to show more of like the riding more of the in-between stuff and the actual journey and I've noticed that I was having a conversation with Hannah about this this morning I noticed in the last month that it's had a real positive impact as well because um it's just allowed me to be more me and not so uh, like scripted the problem is when you not that I'm scripted but when you have um when you represent brands and stuff you obviously have to do it in a fashion where you're not effing and blinding and you're actually you know basically keeping their core values so it's not that I became scripted but I did hold back on the jest if that makes sense yeah I felt like I was like dumbing dumbing me down a bit and it just was killing killing my vibe really yeah so that's why I made the decision actually to step away from um a lot of the content creation for other brands and actually just focus on um the ones that have supported me from the beginning because they've always accepted that you know who I am kind of thing Mm. and then you know tell me to tone it down or rein it in kind of thing um so it's allowed me to just be a bit freer and actually to get back to just being me, which I, I, I loved. So in terms of like what what do I see for life in the buckle, I just see more of this this kind of content of just battling this journey with Jim, getting my confidence up, showing everyone the highs and lows of trying to get back out competing as 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 a new mum and you know the journey with Hannah and loving it. I've obviously just kind of launched youtube again and i'm kind of trying to get into this pattern of doing weekly vlogs although sometimes it's you know every other week um but there's no there's no expectations i'm not like right jess i've got to grow to twenty thousand. i've got to do this i've got to do that yeah. i've kind of stripped it back a bit and i'm enjoying it more and i'm kind of like wow just do what i want to do um, it takes the pressure off as well doesn't it yeah definitely definitely and it's just too competitive and sometimes toxic um instagram can get a bit toxic like that it's like who's doing what and who's doing this better than me who's coming up with a viral reel who's got this and you know and actually reality of it is instagram is just there to kind of it's it's not your life no <laughs> and, uh, and i've learned last year was it, it's not my life if Instagram went tomorrow and you know the app went down or someone hacked your account your account went you know what 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 is left of my life and I just want to make sure that I've actually got a like solid friend like you know act, not like do you know what I mean I've got my friends and I've got everything else outside yeah. of that. it's not the Instagram is not the be all and end all and I think yeah. that. so yeah I just think more more of what I'm doing now really yeah definitely I think it is quite easy to get caught up in in all social media platforms if it's TikTok or Instagram or anything I think we do get a bit caught up and it can, t- without realising, can sort of, you know, take over parts of your life and you, you feel like, oh, I need to check that, I need to check that, I need to respond to that, I need to do this, I need to create a reel. And 
and get a bit caught up where the whole point of it really is to be social. And that's the whole point of it is social media for us to be social, to like people's and, you know, and genuinely um, like people's posts and genuinely put genuine, genuine comments and things. Um, That's the whole point of it. Not to, I mean, if you can build a business around it, perfect. But the whole point of it is just to be social. Yeah. I often, I'm like, are you commenting on my stuff because you're actually genuinely interested? You'll comment to spam me because you want to increase your engagement because you've been told that actually the the output of engagement should be around 10%, not 5%. That that's what I'm thinking in my head. And I'm like, wow, where has Instagram gone where we're measuring our friendships and everything on a bunch of Instagram metrics? Like, yeah. let, let's let's stop it, let's pack it in, let's actually have genuine conversations and actually build like I think Instagram's because I've made some real amazing friends from it, and it's great. But it can become that, that toxic environment if you're sent there scrolling, 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 and you get in, and actually you, it just warps your reality. And that's where we just need to make sure that we don't fall into that horrible downward spiral. Really, yeah, hundred percent, definitely. So I'm just gonna start wrapping up the end of the podcast is there anything else you wanted to mention that we may not have covered so far is there a shout out you want to do or is there something like a subject you want to cover before we start wrapping up oh no give a, a shout out I supported the journey particularly over the last year you know trying to find Jim that it hasn't been easy and there's been many a time that people come forward and just really helped me when I've been at my lowest of lows and just offering kind words to all the trolls F you (laughs) (laughs) I don't need any more of you thank you (laughs) Bon you can do one um but yeah everyone that supported me I just I'm just so I am so grateful um and yeah I don't know we just see how this journey pans out and hopefully it all ends up all all right (laughs) yeah I I could I there'll be no doubt with your sort of um positive energy positive vibes your like good outlook and everything I think you'll get there in no time at all and with your support with Hannah and obviously your husband and everyone else I think you'll be absolutely fine absolutely fine thank you pleasure so I always end my podcast with some quick fire questions so generally are you a night in or a night out night out if night in um like snap so that I know that's not the answer you want but if Sean pulls on I'm night out definitely yeah um tea or coffee neither <laughs> really I'm an over macchiato kind of girl with loads of cream <laughs> um wellies or heels wellies <laughs> see me in heels jesus i'm one of those awkward people that can't walk that you know no. <laughs> i shuffle i literally shuffle <laughs> um sweet or savory savory definitely um book or film film and yeah rarely read so definitely a film is there a like a film that you've watched recently that you would recommend oh god so <laughs> tragic probably <laughs> what have i watched recently oh my gosh 
Um, oh, I don't know. I'm really into like my Marvels film. So I was um, going back watching like. Um, <laughs> sounds okay. I'm right into superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching like all the old Supermans and um, all those kind of things. Yeah. So it's, yeah, a little bit geeky of me. Yeah. I like nah. this. No, I love a good Marvel film. Nothing wrong with a superhero. <laughs> Um, and then Jess, where can people find you? What like obviously what's your Instagram handle? Um you're on YouTube now, is there anywhere else we can find you? No, I have a Facebook, but I don't really go on it. Um so yeah, Instagram and uh, and uh YouTube is is my place is is where you'll find me. So yeah, head on over. And what's um what's your handle if people haven't followed you? <laughs> it's life underscore on underscore the and then underscore buckle <laughs> yeah I don't it's hard because life on the buckle is just I don't know my friend came up with it I didn't actually come up with it but you know when it kind of sticks and I went through a period a couple of years ago like should, should I change it and I was like nah life on the buckle so L-O-T-B <laughs> well thank you so much Jess for your time for coming onto this podcast I really really appreciate it thank you so much Thank you for having made it a memorable experience. So <laughs> you did. Thank you. And if you guys loved it, as always, if you can screenshot and share um, and tag both Jess and I in, we would really, really appreciate it. And I'll speak to you all on the next episode for listening to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it as i did making it if you um like to follow me on socials my um instagram is cobs equine services and the same on facebook cobs equine services um if you are listening to this on your um, apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts i really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um other people to highlight the um episodes to other people And I will speak to you all on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it as I did making it. If you um, like to follow me on socials, my um, Instagram is Cobbs Equine Services and the same on Facebook, Cobbs Equine Services. Um, If you are listening to this on your um, Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, I really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um, other people to highlight the um, episodes to other people. And I will speak to you all on the next episode.